encourage women to not feel like you have to hide your body. Cause it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, when we talk about intimacy, intimacy is letting our partner really see who we are, who we truly are. Right. And I think if we can talk a little bit about gender stereotypes, like I think a lot of women were always pushing our male partner to like, let me in and be more vulnerable and be more open with me. And yet here's a way that we kind of hide ourselves like, oh, don't see that. Turn off the lights. Let me keep this on, pull the covers up. Right. And so it's like, could you, allow yourself to have this act of like incredible vulnerability and intimacy to let your partner see all of you and let your partner love all of you. Hey guys, my name is Shayla. Welcome to the Hey Shayla podcast. I went from full-time travel to full-time new COVID mom and holy Wow, is motherhood and adulting a learning curve? There are so many decisions we need to make and a million ways to do it right. I created this podcast to interview some of my gurus to share their knowledge and empower you on your journey. Let me be your guinea pig and ask the questions that you think everyone else knows. Here, we're a little hippie. We try to do things as naturally as possible and we don't take ourselves too seriously. But above all, we support one another and work to find what works. If you're into it, you're our people. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hey Sheila podcast today. I'm so excited because I have Vanessa and Xander Marin and a lot of people on the internet call them that sex couple. Vanessa is a licensed psychotherapist, psychotherapist. (laughs) (laughs) with 20 years of experience in the sex therapy field. And Xander is a regular and hilarious dude. Who's been married to a sex therapist for over a decade. Their mission is to take intimidation out of getting intimate. And they're here to make you laugh. while giving you the courage to talk openly about sex and relationships. So you can have more fun in the bedroom. That's the coolest job description on the planet. (laughs) Right. I feel pretty lucky. No kidding. I've obviously I found that on your website. I was just like, well, this is the coolest. And then I saw that Xander used to work at Google and he's like, yeah, but it was way more fun to hang out with my wife and talk about sex all day. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I, I follow you guys on Instagram and you have just such fun conversation. I'm always showing Seth, like, look at this. Did you, do you feel this way? What is that? Well, is this a question? And I like ask him all these questions and it's just, it's just, Oh, that is perfect. Cause that is yeah. exactly what we are <laughs> hoping for with our Instagram account is we really want to help couples talk about sex because it's really wild that, you know, we, it's so rare for us to talk about sex, even with the person that we're having sex right? with. Yeah. So we try to design a lot of our content to open up those conversations and make it feel so much less intimidating. So rather than you having to start this conversation out right. of the blue that you could just say, Hey, look at this thing. What do you think about that? Totally. And <laughs> that's exactly what it does. And it's so funny because I was talking to him last night about interviewing you guys. And he's like, what do they do? I'm like, they have like courses and they have, he's like, who buys that stuff? I was like, I did. I bought, I bought (laughs) one of the 30 day challenges. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's just so funny. Um, But I always like to start my podcast off by getting to know you guys a little bit. I like to have kind of like how do you know what you know? What do you do? And so if you, if you wouldn't mind just starting, like, how did you get to be where you're at, where you're get to talk about sex all day on the internet? 
Yeah. So my story traces back to my parents' attempt at trying to give me the talk. Uh, like most people who were lucky enough to even get one, most of us don't, but uh, mine was very awkward. My parents, basically they asked me, if you have any questions, you can ask us. And it was very clear to me in that moment that what they were really saying was, please do not ask us anything. We don't want to talk about. This is really uncomfortable. Do not go there. But we, but we had to <laughs> say that we tried at least. Yes. Yeah. Check. So I remember even at that young age thinking like, why is this so embarrassing? I actually do have a lot of questions and I'm curious and I'm hearing things on the playground. Right. And, uh, yeah. I really wanted to be able to talk about it. And I remember sitting with that feeling of why is this so embarrassing and why aren't we allowed to? And so I had no idea that sex therapy was a career at that time, but that moment really lingered with me. And as I got older, I kept coming back to that and, and eventually realized, you know, what? I want to make this less awkward to talk about. Well, I think you've done a successful job at that, but that's, I mean, when did they try and have that talk with you? I feel like that's a fairly mature thought. If my parents were doing that, I'd be like, Oh, you know, like (laughs) for you to be like, this shouldn't be weird. Yeah. I was about 11. And so I, you know, I didn't have big thoughts about, I want to help people in the future. It was just this sort of sitting with that sense of like, man, why are mom and dad so awkward about this? Like we talk about a lot of other stuff and, right. and I don't really understand why they're you know so uncomfortable right now. So I just kind of, yeah, that memory sat with me in the back of my head. And then I eventually decided I wanted to pursue this path and there is no specific career path to becoming a sex therapist. So I kind of had to figure out for myself, like, okay, what kind of education and background do I want to get? So that's why I ended up becoming a psychotherapist because I wanted to have that foundation, being able to talk to people and and teach them how to explore themselves. So um, I originally started off seeing people one-on-one and then there was kind of a series of happy accidents that led me to discovering online courses and realizing like, oh, actually it's a really, great fit to do online courses for sex stuff because it's such a sensitive topic. Right. A lot of us don't want to go into an office or we, there isn't anybody in our area. So we started building out these online courses and they took off really well and we were getting so much positive feedback. So that was kind of the point where your story kicks in. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was working at Google. I was feeling really burned out in tech and doing the corporate Thing. I wanted to have something where, you know, I could be my own boss and we could travel and whatnot. And I, Vanessa was building this business that totally, you know, fit that. Um, yeah. And I was like, God, I'm, I'm the one that's holding us back. So I quit my job and I started doing some of the operational stuff on the back yeah, end. Yeah, with the Google... I always, yeah, like I I always thought that it was really cool that she was a sex therapist and it was, I never thought that I would be the one talking about it. So, you know, I was like, okay, I'll kind of do the business side of things. I'll do the marketing, the operations. And uh, yeah, we started growing and we started hiring a team because I realized I couldn't do it all myself. And Vanessa kept asking me to be more involved in social and more involved with our courses themselves. And I kind of had some imposter syndrome. I was like, oh, there's, I can't do that. No one's going to listen to me. No one cares what I have to say, but she fortunately got me kind of like wrote me into doing a couple stories and we were getting good feedback. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe there's something here. And so, uh, yeah, I, I have learned that actually not having that background is really helpful because people want to know what like a regular person thinks and feels and whatnot. So it's, it's just really nice to get to do this with Vanessa now. Yeah. That's so amazing. It's nice because 
Vanessa, I'm sure is like, oh, this is like, like everyone knows this stuff. This is how you communicate. And then you can come in and be like, no, 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 no. I like, (laughs) I don't know that I would just go and ask my partner that or whatever. And I do think that the online courses, it's a way to do it at home, kind of private. If you don't want to go in and talk to someone or be like, yeah, I'm seeing a sex therapist or whatever. What I'm curious, what, who typically goes to see a sex therapist? Like at what point, or I don't know, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people get kind of weirded out about this. Like, Ooh, you must only need to go to see a sex therapist if things are really bad or something's really wrong with you. But the reality is that my clients were from all walks of life and all had, you know, really different questions or goals that they had. So it's, you know, totally normal people. (laughs) It's not some fringe thing or fetish. uh, I would think, yeah, that's what I would kind of think of like, okay, I've got this fetish that I need to like figure out, or I don't know. I mean, I think most of us have this sense of like, we want to have a great sex life. Of course. We don't know, like, what do I need to do to get there? What does that even mean to have a great sex life? What does it look like? So a lot of people were coming in with pretty, you know, basic questions like that of how do I feel more comfortable in my own skin? How do I, you know, feel more connected to my partner or allow myself to be vulnerable around them? And a lot of people end up coming in because they're seeing a um, couples therapist. And unfortunately, most most relationship therapists don't have very much training when it comes to sex. And despite Uh, the fact that sex and relationships are so intertwined, very often, if you're in couples therapy and you start talking about sex, your therapist might start to be like, huh, I don't really know like how to handle this, or I'm not very comfortable with this. I don't have very much experience. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. in a case where you're wanting to talk about a relationship issue, that is a sexual issue. It can be really helpful to go to a sex therapist because they are obviously very comfortable talking about sex. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I feel like there's not a lot of resources for finding things out and you don't want your search history to be these questions that you're asking. So, and that's kind of what your website says is like, porn is what a lot of people that's their point of reference because that's the only like public known easy access to like learning and you're like yeah that's like watching a movie and being like why am I not like the actress like yes exactly like watching (laughs) game of thrones as like your history education (laughs) it's it's historical right (laughs) right exactly um okay so today I want to talk specifically about postpartum sex and so And this is funny because I actually, first, I want to start by asking, I made a YouTube video that was like, oh, what postpartum sex is because a friend of mine who doesn't have kids was like, you should do a video on that. That's super interesting. I have no idea. And I'm like, no, I can, my parents watch my channel. Like I can't talk about it. (laughs) So I was able to make it PG in general enough, but I mean, you guys, your whole platform is on that. So how do you, has your family just been like, yeah, okay, whatever, this is what they do. Or how do they, how do they respond to what you guys do? That's actually the really cool thing is that throughout doing this work, I've actually been able to have a much more open relationship with my parents mm. and talking about sex. So if you follow our Instagram account, they actually pop up in our story pretty frequently. My dad does like a sex tip of the day whenever oh we go see them. Not every day. And he, yeah, whenever <laughs> we go see them, he's very proud of it. And so it's been this healing experience for our whole family. It was definitely awkward at first. My parents are like, you want to do what? Yeah, your career? <laughs> like we sent you to an Ivy League school and you want to do what? 
Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, it took time to get there, but I think just having those, you know, having that be a subject of conversation has been really healing for all of us. And um, I mean, it's gotten to the point now where we've sent them like our sex position playbook. They oh reported back, oh, <laughs> which I was not anticipating. <laughs> I thought I was just sending it to them because we got these cool custom illustrations and I wanted them to check it out. And it's like, mom, I don't need the recap of, of how it all went down. But you try and act normal. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So it's been great to like be able to have these conversations with our own family more openly. No kidding. That is very cool. I love that. Okay. So now getting into the postpartum stuff. So I just feel, well, I downloaded the 30 tips from parents for parents about Mm -hmm. how to keep the thing spice alive. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but that was great. That was super just like good general tips that you're like, Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. A text expressing that I am (laughs) interested tonight is like, that's an easy and fun thing to do. They're so basic. Yeah. That, so that's the thing, right? It's like a lot of people, we think about sex and we feel so much shame and embarrassment and awkwardness that it feels like this big, huge, heavy topic. Like I couldn't even possibly start to approach that. And we are all about giving you the small, practical, everyday things that you can do to give you the most bang for your buck. Yes. Bad pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the advice that we give to our community it's so practical. And people will think like, oh my God, duh, how did I never think to do that before? Or or a lot of times it's, I knew I should be doing that, but I haven't been. And this was like the little kick in the pants that I needed to actually do it. So, you know, I hope that brings people some peace of mind of knowing this is not solving this massive puzzle or learning how to do rocket science, like really doable things that you can do to increase the intimacy in your relationship. And, and sustainable things. Cause mm-hmm. I think people think like, Oh, my postpartum body, I don't want to buy lingerie and wear this like, mm-hmm. mm, how about just like everyday texts or like holding their hand or putting their hand on their lap or like, yeah, no, I love that. All right. We're going to take a brief break. So I can tell you about a company that I'm affiliate with. It's one of my favorite baby carriers and it's called tush baby and tush baby is perfect for when your baby wants up, down, up, down, up, down. This thing is fantastic. It is a belt with a seat and your baby can sit facing you facing outward. She loved this thing in target, which surprised me. I used it in the morning caregivers like this grandparents, cause it alleviates some of the pressure on the hips and the back. If you're interested in checking out Tush baby, you get 15% off with code. Hey, Shayla, let's get back to the show. But with that, how, cause I feel like with postpartum, there's literally a million things going on. You've got hormones, you've got dryness, you've got, you're exhausted, you're touched out, you're all the things. So like for me, I remember, oh, I wasn't going to do personal things, but here I go. But <laughs> I just remember being like, he's going to find some cute girl who's not hormonal and who wants to have, and I just, and I told him that recently and he's like, are you insane? You just had my child and you think that I'm going to just go. Find-. I was like, yeah, because I wasn't giving you what I thought you needed. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> are crazy. So how would you, or like, what tips do you have for explaining to your partner? Like, it's not you. You're like, I'm still very attracted to you. It's very much me and my hormones and my energy level and my touched outness. And like, I still love you. I still would like to do these things. And honestly, I'm shocked that I feel this way for so long. How do you communicate that to them so that they still feel loved or I don't know what, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you found the words right there. <laughs> it's like just being able to be that kind of transparent with your partner and share with them. You know, a lot of times we get stuck in these places because things aren't where we want them to be right now. And so we kind of want to put our head in the sand and like, I just want to ignore it all and pretend it's yeah. not happening. But yeah. there's something so powerful about even basic acknowledgement. So if you're saying nothing to your partner, your partner is a lot more likely to think like, wow, what's going on? They're really not into me. This, you know, baby has changed everything. But if you can share with your partner, what's going on with you and even say the words, this is not how I want things to be right now, or this is not how I want things to be forever. That gives your partner this sense of like the two of you being a team and it together. We're going through a season of life. We're going through a temporary phase and we're both wanting to work towards something different. Yeah, I think it's it's so easy to not say something because oh, yeah. you you're like you're like I can't possibly say something where my partner hears we're not going to have sex. Yeah, and so right. You're to just not it's like okay, well, but we're not having sex right now. So if I don't say anything, we'll keep not having sex. I don't want to have to admit that uh, that I'm not open to having sex right now. And and by doing that, you totally forget that there's this other avenue which is saying, hey, I do want to do this. I'm just not in a place right now due to this, this, that, and you know the other thing that I'm able to right now. Yeah. And so, yeah, just being able to say, this is where I would like to be goes so far. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point of just acknowledging how you're feeling and acknowledging yeah. that it's not happening and that that's not how you necessarily <laughs> want things to be, but that that's what it is right now. Yeah. There's a really interesting comparison here. Like, have you ever been, let's say you go to a party or some sort of event and there's a person there who doesn't even acknowledge that you've walked in. Like we all have that gut visceral sense of how (laughs) bad that feels, right? Like, Oh God, like that's the same sort of experience that we're giving to our partner and even to the intimacy between the two of us, if we don't even acknowledge it. Right. Yeah. And if you do acknowledge it, it does also give you the opportunity to start doing other types of intimacy building things, whether that's mm -hmm. just like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not where I would like to be when it comes to sex, but how about if we cuddled, how about if we just held hands and watched TV or something like that? Because it gets so easy to be like, Oh, well, I can't even do those Mm -hmm. things because if I do that, my partner is going to think that it's about to lead to sex. Right. Yeah, totally. You're like, I don't want to give them the wrong impression here by holding their hand or whatever, because I don't want to have to turn them down in 20 minutes when they try and initiate Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Okay, that's perfect. That's actually the segue to the next question of like, do you have tips for non-sex things to like try? And I guess that's probably a pretty personal thing to figure out how your partner feels Mm -hmm. wanted. Yeah. I mean, it's a great question to ask each other is, you know, what are the specific things that help you feel really connected to me or help you feel desired by me? And you can be clear with your partner and say, okay, you know, we're in this period of our relationship where intercourse is off the table, but what are other ways that we can connect? So you're absolutely right. It's a really personal question that everybody's going to have a different response to, but I do think it's really important for couples to be able to engage in some sort of intimate behaviors with each other. Cause like Xander was saying too often, we go into this like all or nothing kind of mentality Mm -hmm. of, Oh, well we can't have intercourse. So I don't even want to touch him because then he's going to think that it's leading to sex. And then I'm going to have to turn him down. And you know, it really snowballs pretty quickly in your head. 
Yeah. It can yeah. create pretty complex dynamics. And then all of a sudden you're in this completely touchless relationship and your yeah. partner like reaches out to give you a hug and you find yourself like bristling up, like, totally. no, don't touch me. Right. And it's like, yeah. that's not what any of us want. So if we can see the gray and realize like it's not intercourse or zero contact whatsoever. Like we can still have lots of physical affection and interaction and touch and other sorts of intimacy building behaviors. Yeah. And it also gets back to just like the love languages in a Mm -hmm. way, like we all like to give and receive love in different ways. And very often the way our partner likes to give or receive love is probably different from the way we like to. So that's again, why it's important to talk about it and talk about what would feel good to you because we tend to default to, well, what would feel good to me? Mm-hmm. And now can I, you know, I'm like, I'll do that for my partner. And very often that kind of falls flat because they're like, okay, cool. Like that's nice yeah. and all, but that's not really my way of doing it. Totally. And that's, that's funny because last night I, Seth and I, I was like, I'm just, cause I'm two weeks away from having baby number two. So this is a very relevant, mm. <laughs> I'm like the great hiatus is coming, Seth. <laughs> oh, don't call it that. I'm like, well, that's what it is. So, <laughs> but yeah, last night I was like, I just have so much going on and I need to go get the, like downstairs, the newborn uh, bin. I need to pick out an outfit to put in the hospital bag. And like, he came downstairs with me and like helped me find the one that I was looking for. And I was like, thank you so much for just helping me find this outfit. I was like, Cause my love language is acts of service, like a hundred percent. So I was just like, and like, when you were just rubbing my arm the other day, I don't know if you remember that, but I loved that. Like, <laughs> so that's totally right. Like if I were to go help Seth find the hammer, he'd be like, what are you doing down here? Like, why are you down mm-hmm. here? You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's, it is super important to figure out and what you can just do a quiz online, right. To figure out what your love language is. Yeah. There are quizzes online for sure. But I think even just kind of trying to pay attention to that yourself, you can even keep a little log of like, what are the specific little daily practical things my partner yeah. does that feel really good to me. And actually what you just said in describing the story is another really great tip too, that when your partner gets it right give them praise and validation. Like there is no better way to get more of what you want than pointing out those moments. And like, thank you so much. Like that was so meaningful to me that you helped right. me. Or I feel so close to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're finding the baby. Up. It's a little hormonal, a little love language. It's fine. <laughs> but what would you say about, because obviously you can't have like sexual and like penetration sex, but mm-hmm. you can do other things. And I feel mm-hmm. like I'm going to be a junior high kid here and be like, Oh, third base. You can still get to third base. Uh But so would you like, if I'm not feeling it, but I know that that's kind of what he wants and that's what he needs. Would you say that that's okay that I we do that just because I know that that's what he wants or don't do it because I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, that's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, you'll hear a lot of bad sex advice out there that will tell you like, you're supposed to take care of your man. And if you're not meeting his needs, he's going to find somebody else who is going to, you know, there's so much crappy (laughs) stuff out there. So I just want to be perfectly clear that like our perspective is that you are allowed to do or not do whatever it is you want with your own body. You should never, ever force yourself to do something with your body for another person because it's expected. You feel guilty. You're supposed to like, period, you get to decide. That being said, 
I do think that there is space to have sex that's more for one partner than for the other. And that's, you know, that's true of like almost everything in relationships is, you know, we might go to a certain restaurant because I really want to go to it, but Xander's not really as excited about it. Or we might go on vacation to a certain place that he really wants to go, but I don't really want to. So that dynamic is normal and fine. I just think we need to be really careful in the moment and be really honest with ourselves of like, is this a gift that I feel comfortable giving to my partner. I feel good. It feels loving. I'm not feeling pressured or guilted or expected to it. So if you feel like you can participate in it and feel good about it, I think that's okay. But again, really different story from feeling totally pressured into it. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Um, how about tips for feeling comfortable in your new body? So obviously mom's Seth tends to get in the best shape of his life when I'm pregnant. How rude. <laughs> right? I'm like, yo. I, oh, God. So then postpartum, you're obviously like, I mean, your turn on tools are now leaking. Like some mm-hmm. your boobs are leaking. Your everything is just different. Your skin is different. Your body's different. So I mean, do you have, when you start having sex, do you do it with a nighty on or like, how are you supposed to <laughs> like, do you have any maybe positions or different ways to like feel comfortable in your new body and in your new situation, I guess. Well, first I would say, I, I think it's so important for new moms to be so gentle with themselves because you have just gone through something massive, you know, and of course, like it can take time to get familiar with your own body again. Like you've just been building an entirely new human. Now you have this human who is reliant on your body for survival. Yes, There's also some really I don't know if I can curse, but really fucked up things that we do in society, like, you know, the ways that we treat pregnant women, that we can really glorify, like, oh, look at you, you're pregnant and so beautiful and the miracle of life. And then the second that you give birth, your belly (laughs) is like, "Mm, girl, when are you going to bounce back? Right. Like literally (laughs) one day to the next, your belly is this beautiful thing. And then it's like, oh, you got to get rid of that. That is not looking good. That's a good, yeah. So I think it's really important to like remind yourself of that context that it's not just you dealing with all of these changes in your own body, which is enough to deal with on its own. It's also this huge societal pressure and all this crap that gets put on new moms. Um, so I think be really, really gentle with yourself and recognize like this is going to be a journey for you. There may be some grieving that you have to do about your relationship with your body or what your body used to be like or feel like. Um, it's not going to be this immediate, like, I'm just going to love and embrace my body exactly how it is. You know, it's a journey, there's ups and downs, but to be really gentle on yourself. And I think maybe you can speak to the reality that men very often see our bodies totally different from how we women do it at all stages of life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I I think that, I mean, I think it's really important to check in with your partner about the insecurities that you do have, because Mm, it is very likely that your partner will not see what you see. It's also very likely they may, they might not even know what it is that you're talking about when you refer (laughs) to certain things. Like for example, Vanessa is talking about like cellulite. I'm like, I I don't really even know what cellulite is. It was a great highlight on our account. It's called body love where I just, 
I told Xander all these things. Like, what Ooh, about I've cellulite? These, what about hip dips? What about love implants? <laughs> He's like, I don't know what any of this is. Yeah, oh, and then man. with cellulite, like she, she's like trying to show me, and I'm like, oh, like I have that all over. Yeah, <laughs> He's like that's like a normal. That's like what skin does, right? Right. So, I mean, that's so yeah, I think so it's important funny. to check in, remind yourself that your partner almost certainly does not see your body the way you do. We consistently pull men in our audience about this and they have little to no idea what their partner is talking about when it comes to those insecurities. Gosh, yeah. That's so why So women are just doing it to women kind of like, yep. Oh yeah. I mean, we've been socialized like from the time that we were little tiny girls, you know, we're seeing magazine ads and, you know, all all kinds of stuff, just showing us that our bodies are supposed to fit this incredibly narrow definition of what's acceptable. So of course we grow up to be adults, you know, nitpicking every single little thing of like, I don't have enough of a gap between my thighs and my arm is jiggling a little bit, you know, of course. And sad, there are a couple bad apples out there when it comes to men, I will say, so yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to say right. men are saints. We don't see any of these things, but I there, think there are some there, you know, there are a minority of men that say things that are really awful and which hold a lot of weight. So that like shows more than like the average yeah. man who doesn't yeah. feel that way. Well, and also I, I think it's like, it's, it's partially just not seeing what we see at all. But I think there's also like what you spoke to with your husband is like, he was saying like, you just gave birth to my child. Like he gave you so much more grace than you were giving to yourself. So, you know, a lot of times we've asked people in our community and we've gotten some like beautiful quotes back from dads that are like, I don't see all the, you know, the apron belly and the stretch marks that she sees. Like I see on her body, like the story of the birth of my kids. And you know, like I won't make you cry. I know you're hormonal. Oh, that's so great. But it, I think you're right. I mean, even not pregnant, you're more critical of yourself than anyone else is of you. Okay, guys, time for another break to talk about clearly filtered. I use this every single day to filter my water that I give to myself, to Aaliyah, to make rice anything. I think I'm so obsessed with this company because I was able to ask the founders a bajillion questions and they answered all of them. And I posted those all on my blog. They have systems that go underneath the sink. So whatever comes out of your faucets filtered, they have pitchers that go in your fridge and then they have water bottles that you can fill up anywhere and have filtered water. If you're interested in checking it out, it's called clearly filtered and Hey, Shayla will get you 15% off. Let's get back to the show. Well, and I think just, I mean, sort of, I guess like sort of tips, I guess, keeping your bra on, if that's going to make you feel more comfortable, then that's what you have to do. Or if you want to have a tank top on instead of being totally naked, like that's also okay. And if your husband takes it off, then let him take it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, one, one other practical tip is that there are certain parts of your body that may feel off limits for a little while. So a lot of new moms have told us like, I don't want any sort of breast play, you know, it's just, it feels like a no go zone. So that's okay for you to make kind of temporary boundaries. Um, and say, tell your partner, like, I like to be touched here. I'm not really open to being touched here for now. Mm -hmm. So that's okay too. But that's why talking about it is so important because you can identify Mm -hmm. those, those areas and kind of express like, 
like, this is a temporary, this is how it is right now. And right. we can keep checking in about this mm-hmm. over time, as opposed to kind of like in the moment, just like swatting his hands uh-huh. away or something. And then yeah. the message is like, oh, wait, are, are we just like never touching breasts again? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like when we don't say, when we don't acknowledge it, when we don't talk about it, it's so easy to come away with a totally different story than the other person intended to, yeah. to give. But yeah. I would encourage women to not feel like you have to hide your body. Cause it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, when we talk about intimacy, intimacy is letting our partner really see who we are, who we truly are. Right. And I think if we can talk a little bit about gender stereotypes, like I think a lot of women were always pushing our male partner to like, let me in and be more vulnerable and be more open with me. Mm-hmm. And yet here's a way that we kind of hide ourselves. Like, Oh, don't see that. Turn off the lights. Let me keep this on Pull yeah. the covers up. Right. And so it's like, could you, allow yourself to have this act of like incredible vulnerability and no intimacy to let your partner see all of you and let your partner love all of you. Yeah. Oh, woof. That's heavy, <laughs> but it's true. Drop, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Can we just end here? Mic <laughs> drop. And walk out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. It is. And, and I think that being able to do that allows you to get to a different part in your relationship and, and a more intimate and intense part of your relationship and just to feel accepted like that is yeah man Mm -hmm. parenthood's wild I mean just (laughs) relationships in general in that aspect but there's just so much yeah there's so much um so (laughs) let's go back to what are some tips and like I said from the 30 tips for parents Mm -hmm. to keeping the spark alive like what are some things that you would recommend I in my YouTube video I was like just send your partner the, um, uh, what's the emoji, the eggplant, eggplant emoji. Back. Yeah. And that's like your secret code for like, Hey, tonight when the baby goes to sleep, I'm ready. Like uh-huh. just like goofy things that are almost like inside jokes that you guys know, or I don't know. Yeah. What- yeah. I think it's great to create some like flirtation with your partner, whether that's you guys are like saying little innuendos, you know, in person or you're texting things back and forth, but to kind of keep that chemistry going between the two of you. So I like to think of this as like trying to keep the simmer alive with your partner. Like if you think about a pot of water, if you start (laughs) from ice cold water straight out of the tap, it's going to take a long time to get things heated up in the moment. Mm -hmm. But if you can keep that water at a simmer, I love that. When you want to get up to boiling, it's just a few seconds. So if you can keep that energy alive between the two of you throughout the day, um, and that can be such a great way to like feel that spark. I think for parents in particular, a really useful tip is to create some sort of transition time or ritual where you go from being parents back into being partners with each Mm -hmm. other. Because it's not just a switch that you flip. I think think we get this idea (laughs) that, oh, Oh, the kids are in bed. Yeah. Oh my God. It's Go time. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it might work like that for one partner, but it very often does not work that way for both. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, creating some sort of transition ritual where you can, you know, try to come back into that relationship with each other. So for a lot of women, some alone time is crucial. Even if I know some days are just going to be nuts and it feels like I don't have 30 seconds to myself today, but on the days that you can, you know, even if it's just a couple of minutes where your partner takes the kids and you can just sit alone in a dark room in quiet or like take a couple of deep breaths on your own to kind of come back home into your 
own body and remind yourself like I am a mom and that's not all that I am. So some sort of like transition ritual that the two of you can have. Um, and then another tip is making time for date night. I know it's like everybody's heard this advice. It is nothing new, but actually making them happen. It's just so important for you to have spaces where you can be just the two of you and just partners. And so you can get creative with this where it's, you know, maybe it's enlisting family to help. Maybe it's swapping childcare with another family. Um, and it's going to look different for everybody, but at just creating some sort of space where it's just the two of you. Yeah. And I mean, that- like, and like literally add like a line item in your budget for your relationship. Like, you know, I think that we, we kind of forget about that, but you know, if you put it in like that, it's like, oh, this is, you know, it it is, it is so important to us. It's, you know, as important as Mm -hmm. buying the groceries and the toilet paper and maybe not the groceries, but (laughs) you gotta eat. Yeah. But you know, but it's something that we are planning for. It's not on the back burner. It's like, we're proactively anticipating that we are going to keep you know, spending some amount of money and in, or some amount of time investment in our relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that, like you said, can look different because Seth and I, we have date nights and it just means that we're going to watch a movie together (laughs) because like with what I do, when the baby goes to sleep, I work and he, he's a gamer. So he goes and games. So often we're like separate. And sometimes I'm like, I'm going to come and work next to you tonight while you're gaming. He's like, I would love that. I'm like, cool. So we're doing our thing next to each other, but you can feel when that spark starts to like dim a little bit. And we both are like, okay, date night tomorrow done. And then we order out, we have a movie night and it's, it's nothing elaborate, but it's just us being conscious to like reconnect, reconnect, reconnect. And Mm -hmm. just to kind of have that time to each other, not even necessarily for sex, but just for our relationship and just to connect with each other. Yeah. Date night can mean whatever you want it to mean. Like it doesn't have to mean going out to a restaurant. We, you know, we've all had a thousand date nights where we go out to a (laughs) restaurant. So maybe if it's like date night is we put the kids to bed a little bit early and we just sit in bed and eat snacks together. (laughs) Date night. Yeah. Really fun and sweet and romantic. It's just, it's really more the intention of like creating that time for each other. Yeah. Scrabble is also another date night of our mm, nice. It's a good one. <laughs> as long as you don't get too competitive. We've had some, some <laughs> nasty games of Scrabble. <laughs> not uh, the not the good kind of nasty, yeah. the bad kind of nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like tonight we're playing nasty Scrabble, if you know what I mean. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Okay, well, that's all the questions that I have. I kind of felt like I we got good, like how to communicate. That's sort of what it keeps coming back to. And what Xander keeps bringing up is just like acknowledging Mm -hmm. what's happening so that it doesn't get misconstrued. So that one person isn't like, oh, you sweated your hand away. So now I can never touch your boobs again. And the the whole whole rest of our lives, I'm going to be 80 Mm -hmm. and just longing to touch your boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Just like communicating how you're feeling and acknowledging the season, I think. But that's so simple, it seems. But I think it's it can be really challenging as well, just because it is a you don't want to let them down. You don't, I don't know. <laughs> it just it just feels heavier than it is just to have that conversation sometimes, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of the tips that we've talked about, like they're simple tips, but they're not necessarily easy. 
And that's okay. Right. Because right. again, this is like, this is the task of intimacy is like asking us to show up over and over again and keep being our vulnerable selves and like keep making, you know, I like to say intimacy is a series of daily decisions. It's not an end point that we land in, you know, it's these daily decisions that we make. And so it's okay to, feel frustrated sometimes to feel sad, to grieve the like, God, what our relationship used to be. It was so much easier. I think it's okay to feel a lot of complicated feelings, allow yourself to feel that. And can you still make the choice to show up for each other every single day? Well, and I think that that's a really great thing that you guys do. Like, I mean, the 30 tips that you share are free. So I would highly recommend that anyone listening, that's like, what are these, what are these 30 tips? Go download it. And then forward it to your partner. And Mm -hmm. I mean, say something or don't say anything. You just forward it just to like start that conversation and start some of those things. And I think a lot of people don't understand that postpartum because Seth, people will be like, oh, better have sex now because when the baby comes. So we were like, "Mm, not us. Like, that's not going to happen to us. And then a month postpartum, I'm like, yeah. I get it now. <laughs> it's not just about wanting to, it's, there's so much more going on. So I think that that can hit people sometimes. And they're just like, wait, what? You have to wait six weeks to get checked. And then the women are like, wait, what? Six weeks. I'm not ready at six weeks. And mm-hmm. just having that, that communication. And I think just starting it can help to keep the conversation going and keep yeah. the conversation open. Yeah. Absolutely. So other than the free download, what else do you guys have that you offer to couples for all of this, all of the good sex stuff? We have so many courses and And they, you know, they start at 19 bucks. We want stuff to feel really accessible and easy for people, but I'll call out two things in particular that I think could be really useful for your community. The first is the 30 day sex challenge. And so I'll give you a little hint here. It's sex does not mean intercourse in the challenge. Sex just means some sort of physical contact with each other, some sort of intimate contact with each other. Um, Every day you're getting two different challenges and one of them is like more touch-based and the other one is often like communication-based. So it doesn't even need to be taking your clothes off, you know, but it's just really fun thing to do with each other where you're making this commitment to do something and all the challenges are really manageable. There's nothing that you have to buy. It's like five to 15 minutes out of your day. You can do it at a different pace. If you want to, you can do it, you know, every other day, once a week, whatever it is that you want, but it's just really fun to get specific ideas of things to spice things up together rather than you just sitting around like, I don't know, should we do something to spice it up? Okay, sure. What do you want to do? I don't know. I asked you first. (laughs) Yeah. But that is perfect for postpartum, especially if there is like non-sexual things, because then you can keep that intimacy alive and, and have prompts to have conversations and stuff. So I think that, yeah, that's, awesome. So that's a great one. And then also the foreplay guides. Um, we do it step-by-step illustrated exactly what to do to do a well, first, second, third base action, like you were (laughs) saying earlier. Um, so that can be really useful if intercourse is off the table for you, but we also like to make it really clear that intercourse is actually not the most pleasurable activity for the vast majority of women. So if you have a female partner, you're much more likely to bring her pleasure using your hands or your mouth. So we teach you exactly how to do that. So that can be great for any couple. Yeah. 
That's amazing. So, and what is your website? It's vmtherapy.com and people can find us on Instagram at Vanessa Marin therapy. Um, yeah, we do stories together every day, mm-hmm. lots of entertaining polls every so Saturday. We do polls. like goofy shares from the community that get, keep you laughing. <laughs> so we do a lot of fun stuff there. My favorite ones are the ones where you just ask Sander like random questions and you catch him off guard and you're like, someone oh, yeah. said this, what do you Great. think? And he's like, yeah. uh. and you're quick too. You always have something to say. I'm like, wow. And then I'm shocked by the things that you say most of the time. And I, it's so funny. It's, it's well, great. You. Yeah, no, it's really good. Really? I've gotten better. Well, and I, it's, it's usually very quick. I'm like, wow, that was, are you sure you didn't ask him that ahead of time? But his, his initial reaction. I he did not. Yeah. If I, if he doesn't get it right on the first time, I'm like, no, I'm just deleting that. Yeah. The prize is gone now. So <laughs> it's over. now he just knows he'll be, he'll have his back turned and I'll start asking him something and he's just going to turn around like, okay, what's, what's about to be, what am I about to be hit with right now? It's so good. No, I, it's so entertaining and it's, I mean, it's a lot of free content as well, which is Mm -hmm. so helpful. And like I said before, it's good conversation starters with your partner. You can just share the story and be like, guys don't notice stretch marks. Do you know what cellulite is? Like Mm -hmm. different things (laughs) like that. It's awesome. And you're also very conscious of not just doing like heterosexual Mm -hmm. partnerships. You're very conscious of like all the, all of the options. And I love that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on. It was super helpful. And I think that you're going to help a lot of people just like manage one aspect of the postpartum (laughs) (laughs) experience. So thank you so much. And we'll see you on Instagram. Thanks. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please share with somebody you think would love. And I would be so honored if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment and rating below so I can know what you guys are digging, what you want more of, just connect with you a little better. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.